Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. But, can I stop the toxins? Should I really stop the toxins, really? We're going to talk about that, a little bit about that today. You know, we talked about two things that we really wanted to detox. We said we want to detox disunity, and uh, we want to also detox... uh, corrupt or unwholesome words, and we call those words what? Rotten words, right? Call those rotten words. Wanted to talk that. Let's talk about one other thing that we want to uh, detox because it's very important. And I'm taking my message, uh, if you look at it, and and none none of you probably see it except uh, one person, Two people, the sound booth and the and uh, Elder Sam, uh, they have the message. But I'm going backwards today. Okay, I'm not going forward. I'm going backwards. So uh, if you want to start backwards, it'll be good. And I'm gonna skip around also. So uh, <laughs> so you're just gonna have to keep up. <laughs> it's an area in my life that is a area of rebellion, okay? Rebellion is a harsh word, but a better word might be disobedient. Disobedient. And I like to call it like it is, is rebellion, because it makes me really uh, be aware that it is not good. Let me give you an, an, an example. When I was teaching school, I had a contract. And the contract told me that I'm supposed to be at work uh, from... I think when I was high school, it was 7.30 until maybe 2.30, 3.30, 2.30 or 3.30, I think. And then when I was in elementary school, it was like 8 to 3. I was very seldom, if ever, at work on time. That is an act of rebellion. And, and, and just in case you hear anything talking in the congregation, that's John Avasua talking to his uh, relatives. They, they don't know English. They're Spanish. They're all of, they, don't, they don't speak any English, so they speak Spanish. So that's cool. Okay. Um, now, I used to say all of, I think all of us make excuses, don't we, for our rebellious ways, don't we? I used to say, and I'm sure you have said it probably yourself, well, who's going to say something to me? Because if they, if they say something to me about being on time, I'm going to tell them, you don't say anything to me about when I leave late. Because you keep me late a lot of times, 
and I and, and I have to stay late a lot of times doing doing work, so nobody's gonna say anything to me. And you know nobody ever said anything to me. Number one, I was a coach, so they don't say anything to me anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, because everybody likes coaches if you win, so uh, that's you know certain per school uh, coaching if you win. Uh, but now, that same thing turned into a habit. It's a, it's a rebellious habit. Do you hear what I'm saying? Let me, let me give you an example. Let's say we have elders meeting. Let's say we have any kind of meeting. If the meeting is supposed to start, like our elders meeting, like yesterday morning, started at 9 o'clock. If the meeting started at 9, am I supposed to roll up in the parking lot at 9? The meeting starts at 9. It doesn't start in the parking lot. And if it did start in the parking lot, you're not supposed to be rolling up at 9. You're supposed to be already there and ready to start at 9. Okay. Well, if I'm late, do I say, hey, forgive me for being late? Or do I just act like it's What's the big deal? I'm here. <laughs> you know, right? Or do I say the same thing every single else meeting? Hey, forgive me for being late. It's not, it's, it's not something that I'm really trying to change. I'm just trying to be, act like I'm humble, which I'm not in that area if I'm late all the time. Okay. That is a rebellious attitude. I was rebellious as a teacher. I really was. Because I was late. Because I was late. Not because I didn't do my job, because I was late. Anybody track with that? Anybody relate with that? Okay. Do you really believe that God wants that out of his children? No. Now I just said, I just touched on one area. That's all, just one little area. There, there are other areas that you could touch on. Let, let's, 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 let's do a really nice one. Let's do a nice one. There's a sign on that door. What does the sign say, Zeta, right there? Zeta. What does the sign say right there? No food or drink. Okay? Okay, no food or drink. Now, now let, me, let me first preface that. <laughs> I have not. Uh, nobody's did. Any, nobody's done anything this morning. Nobody's done anything yesterday. Last week, nobody's done anything for me to bring this up. I'm just saying, it's just an area that everybody knows about. That's been in the church in a length of time. Uh, we don't allow food to drink and all in, in here unless there are stipulations, unless we say so, because we do change when we have a. Eating time, we eat in the sanctuary. We have food, we have drink in the sanctuary. Okay. But in other times, we don't. Now, if you bring water in the sanctuary, the, you know, nobody says anything. To, is anybody say anything about bringing water? We put the sign up there when we started our coffee ministry. We did. Uh, we, we had the lady who started, we had her put the signs up there so everybody knew not to bring coffee into the sanctuary because... Our coffee is not uh, coffee friendly, you know, uh, you know, really basically. 
and uh, they say you should change uh, carpet every, every about five years if you're going to have coffee. And every church in impact churches, they have coffee in their sanctuary. I don't know, I don't know a church in impact churches, that's the churches we belong to, that, that not doesn't allow coffee. It's just one of the things that it goes with having a modern service, you have coffee. And the only reason I didn't have it is because of two things. Number one, I wanted people to um, be into worshiping God because we had coffee over at other sanctuary we had on Park Avenue, and we had it in the sanctuary. We had people back there, you know, they were drinking coffee, getting coffee, kids getting coffee, everything, uh, when, we, when we were worshiping, okay? So I said, well, we're not going to do that here. And also because of the coffee, okay? Now, a person, a people, people have asked me, can I bring, can I bring, bring, bring my coffee in? And uh, if it's a guest, I said, go, you know, it's okay, go on, you know, if it's a guest. Uh, because the guest doesn't know. I mean, they, they don't know, do they? They, they just come on in. Because if the doors are closed, you, if there's no sign on the outside that says what? No food and drink. It's only on the inside. But our body knows. Do you know that we have spots in our sound booth on the floor? I mean, I mean, I mean it's like, where do these spots come from? Where do they come from? You know? I'm serious. We have spots around here. Where do these spots come from? Now, let me ask you a question. Everybody in the sound booth, everybody in our congregation knows you don't have coffee in there, right? Okay. Now, I'm not talking about coffee today. I'm talking about rebellion. Okay? If you know that you shouldn't do something, and you do it anyway, uh, any parent would tell the child, that is disobedient. That's disobedient. And you tell your, your son or daughter, you say, God says obey your parents, right? You want to do what they ask you to do, because this is good and right with the Lord, and things will go well with you. Well, don't we know that the same thing goes for God's children? He wants us to be obedient so that things will go well with us. And, and it's, the, it's the little uh, things. Let's look, at, uh, let's look at Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 15. Now, it's not the big things that God uh, is teaching us. He starts teaching the little things. He doesn't give you big, big opportunities for faith before he gives you a lot of small opportunities of faith to build on, and then he gives you larger and larger opportunities. Well, it says that you know, we want to kind of somebody, somebody catch the little foxes for us because what do foxes, little foxes do? Well, they, they spoil the vine or the new, the new magazine said that they, they, are, they are ruin the vineyard. They really will. And when they ruin the vineyard, um, you don't want that, so you want to kind of get rid of them. It's the little things 
that I'm trying to help us with, our, our, like our words that we talked about last week, uh, like disunity, anything, anything that can cause things that don't go well because the Spirit of God is a spirit of unity, and God wants us to get to a point where whatever we speak comes to pass. Whatever God speaks comes to pass. He does. He doesn't waste words. And he wants us to be the same way. He wants our yes to be yes, our no to no. And so now he told me, I said, I don't want to teach on that. This is the last message, so I want to, I want to round it up and end it up, God. And when we were praying, whenever I was praying last night, I said, well, God, I want you to be, I, I want to be like we come to a restaurant, but it's your restaurant. We know you own it. There's no menu. When we come, you are the chef, and you bring us food we need. You've never been to a restaurant like that, have you? I haven't either. You, you know, uh, <laughs> you, you don't order anything. They know who you are, and they bring you what you need. That's what God, that's what I said, God, that's what I want you to do. Uh, use me to bring the congregation what they need. And I was going, I said, I need to eliminate this part out of my message because um, rebellion, we don't want to add another toxin. What we want to do is wrap this thing up. And it came to me like, are you the chef now or are you just, what are you? Yeah. You said, use me, God. We know how, how we always sing songs and we, you know, uh, we do all those things. But then when it comes right down to it, what are we going to do? Well, let's go to First Samuel. Let's go there. Um, chapter 10, verse 8. Now, it says, And you shall go down before me to Gilgal. And then, now this, this, this is Samuel talking to Saul. And behold, I will come down to you and offer burnt offerings and sac- sacrifice uh, peace offerings. You shall wait seven days. How long? And then go do what you want to do. Did I say that? Until I come to you and show you what you should do. That's important. This is the prophet talking. And the, and the prophet, God, God speaks was in those days. I'll turn real quick to for Hebrews. Uh, chapter 1. Let's, let's go there for, for just a second. I want, I want to go there. Um, and it, it says something very important uh, that we need to know. In, in those days, they were speaking to a prophet. We don't need a prophet speaking to us. That, oh, what does the prophet say? We can't move to the prophet move. It says in chapter 1, verse 1, God after he spoke long ago to the fathers, how? Okay, by the prophets and the prophets, in many portions and in many ways. In these last days, has spoken to us in his son, who he appointed heir of all things, through whom he also made the world. 
Now, Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Jesus Christ is the Word of God. Is that correct? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, the Word was God. Okay, so we know when we read the Word of God, we are reading God-breathed words. There's no error in the Word of God. There's no confusion in the Word of God. It might be with us, but there's no contradictions in the Word of God. There's not. Okay, now, let's go back to First Samuel. This time we'll go to uh, verse, uh, chapter 13, verse 5. Now, we, we, the prophet gave, gave the directions, and now here's Saul. And now we have the Philistines assembled to fight with Israel, 30,000 chariots, 6,000 horsemen, and people like the sand, which is on the seashore in abundance. And they came up and camped in Mishmash, east of Bethavin, when the men of Israel saw that they were in a strait, for the people were hard-pressed. Then the people hid themselves in caves and thickets and cliffs and cellars and pits. In other words, they were scared. Right? They were scared. Let's go down to verse 8. Now, he waited seven days. Seven days. Who's talking about he waited seven days? Saul. According to the appointed time set by Samuel. But Samuel did not come to Gilgal, and the people were scattering from him. Saul's people were scattering. So Saul said, bring me a burnt offering. Bring me the burnt offering and the peace offering. And he offered the burnt offering. Now, when he offered the burnt offering, who's supposed to offer the burnt offering? Was it it Saul? No. What did Samuel tell him? Wait seven days until I come, until I tell you what you should do. He doesn't offer the burnt offering, the priest offering, he doesn't offer those offers. Okay. God sometimes, he's trying to bring us to another level. I mean another level, a higher level. He's trying to do something in our lives. He's trying to, the things you've been praying for, he's trying to get those things to you because he knows you have need of them. Do you know we're supposed to seek king, first the kingdom of God, his righteous, righteousness, and all those things we pray for, all those things will be added to us, right? Whatever we pray, if we know we're praying according to his will, he hears us, and if he hears us, we know we have to petition those things we've asked. That's a scripture. All those are scripture. I'm saying. So we know that God answers scripture. He answers prayers, and we pray according to the word of God. He's going to answer that. So we are praying, and, 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 and we know that Saul, God, I don't want to get killed by these Philistines. There they are too many. There are a lot of people. God, help us. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to help you. Saul was anointed king. God's going to bring something good to him, but he's got to test him in the scripture. Even like, like, like deacons, uh, two, officers in, in talk, two officers in the church, one is elders, one, one is deacons. And it, he says that 
Deacons are to be tested first. That's what it says. And then they'll put into office. Well, God tests us, and, and, and he's testing, and I don't want us to fall short of anything you've been praying for. I want you to get all that God has for you. I want all that God has for me. Are we okay with that? Okay. And he offered the burnt offering. It came about as soon as he finished offering the burnt offerings that behold, Samuel came. Why couldn't he wait? He said, wait, seven days and I'll come. I'm coming. And then I'll show you what to do. And Saul went out to greet him. But Samuel said, what have you done? And Saul said, because I saw that the people were scattering from me and that you did not come within the appointed days and that the Philistines, they, they, they were similar at mismatch. Therefore, I said, now the Philistines, they're they going to come down against me at Gilgal and I have not asked the, for the favor of God. He's trying to be spiritual, isn't he? Trying to be spiritual. Well, I'll pray about it. You know, these are some spiritual things we say. Uh, he's saying something spiritual, see? So I forced myself. I forced myself to offer the burnt offering. Do you believe that? Samuel doesn't either. Samuel doesn't believe he believed that. He forced himself. It was actually a fear, wasn't it? God doesn't operate with fear. He operates with faith. Faith. Samuel said to Saul, you have acted foolishly. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God. Now, another word for those words would be, you were disobedient. Another word for that is what? Rebellion. Rebellion. Now, you know that, of course, because of Samuel 15. I'm not going to go there. But it was another uh, test that Samuel had that uh, uh, he was supposed to kill everything, and he didn't kill everything. He brought back that good stuff and because he was afraid again. He was afraid of the people. And uh, he, said, he said the spiritual thing. He said, oh, well, you know, uh, we, we brought back all the good stuff, and we're going to offer some sacrifices to God because, you know, God likes sacrifices. Hmm. And Samuel said to him, in that case, has the Lord as much delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. To heed is better than the fat of rams. For rebellion, see, he calls it what he, he calls the same thing. Rebellion is as the sin of, come on, with witchcraft or divination, and insubordination is as iniquity and idolatry. Does God hate idolatry? Insubordination, he doesn't like either. Rebellion, he doesn't like either. Now, I said I want, want you to get all that God has for you. Okay, look, look what, what, what Saul missed. Look what Saul missed. For now, the Lord 
would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. Woo! What does Saul miss? If you just would have waited, Saul, if you just learned obedience, if you just learned subordination, come on. God, God is not trying to hurt you, Saul. He's trying to help you. He's trying to move you from one level to another level to a higher level. He's trying to cause you to prosper. And that's success. He's trying to get you to be successful as a king of the people, Saul. Don't you realize that when you did that, you missed out because the Lord was going to establish your kingdom over Israel forever. But now, your kingdom shall not endure. The Lord has sought out for man for himself after his own heart. And the Lord has appointed him the ruler over the people because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. He was just so what? Beaten. He was a word called what? Rebellious. He didn't want to do what God asked him to do. Forever. Forever. His kingdom was going to rule. Now, David's kingdom is forever, isn't it? Isn't it? Right. Because Jesus comes from the line of David, doesn't he? If if the genealogy is in there. Yeah. What are we missing on? So I have to go back, God. God, let me dig up these seeds I have sown because I have been rebellious. I have been disobedient. I have, I have been insubordinate. I have been doing some things that I shouldn't be doing, you know, because uh, they, they told me, say, you know, um, hey, don't, you got to teach on this right now. You know, you got to teach that, that in, in, in health class, we, I was teaching health class, they said, well, you need to teach that um, uh, evolution. I said, I'm not teaching no evolution. Well, you're going to teach it if you're going to teach here or you're going to lose your job. So what I did was I said, okay, I'm a, I'm, I don't want to lose my job. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to teach it. I'm saying, okay, uh, the book says you came from animals. I'm, t- I'm teaching uh, eighth graders now. The book says you, you, you came from animals. Let me tell you something. I didn't come from no animals. I didn't come from no ape. If you came from an ape, that's, that's on you. If you believe that, I didn't come from nothing, okay? I didn't come from nothing. So, so you, I, I'm, I'm telling you what the book said. Tell you what the book said. Because I'm supposed to tell you what the book said. This is what the book said. But I didn't come from no ape. Coach didn't come from no ape. No. No, 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 no. Now, what do you think they believe? They believe me. They believe me. Now, if the professor said, what are you teaching the kids? I'm teaching what the book said. Teach what the book says. Okay. Insubordination. I'm telling you now, I'm telling you, uh, when I was younger, I'm telling you, I, I tell you, I was something, brother. I'm, so, so I'm saying, I'm, I'm telling you. I was teaching at Lincoln, they had, they had, at Lincoln, they had school colors green and white. Oh, I hate green and white. Oh, I hate green and white. So when I order uniforms, football uniforms, I order green and gold. I like green and gold. Good, good mixture, good mixture. The principal called me and said, what did you do? Do you realize our colors are green and white? 
I never heard of anybody doing anything like that. I said, well, I, I mean, I didn't, I mean, I thought that mean it green, I got green, and, and it's got some white letters, it got green and white, but, but you know, they just, they got some gold on it. I mean, you know, I, I didn't know, I didn't know how they couldn't do that. Now, 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 I'm telling you the, I'm telling you the truth now. See, I call that rebellious. I call it insubordination. Do you hear what I'm saying? You could, now, you might be the most subordinate, most obedient person, and you've never done anything. That's great. That's great. But I'm telling you about me. But that mess got to go. Because I want what God has for me. I don't want my prayers to be, here I am praying for something, and God, can, God cannot bring it to pass. We got, he got an enemy that's saying, look, you can't do that for him because he is rebellious. Rebellion is a sin, is witchcraft. You can't do that for him. And, and he's trying to, he's trying to, all the angels, they're trying to get me, why don't you act right? Do right what you're supposed to do. Stop acting like that. And I'm saying, well, they can't do nothing about it. When you, when you, what was he going to do about it? And, and, and the team, that we call them the Golden Bulls, we were, we were undefeated. You know, what are you going to do? Sometime in the church we do stuff like that, don't we? Well, what are they going to do? Man, I give, hey, my, my ties, they're supporting this church. What are you going to do? Get rid of me? And the church going to fold the doors in. I mean, we do all sorts of stuff in our rebellious ways, don't we? I'm trying to help us today now. I'm trying to help us. All authority is from God. It's meant to help us. It doesn't mean that everybody's in authority is doing what God says to do, but he's asked us to obey him unless it's sin. Okay? So that goes for the children, doesn't it? With their parents, it goes for the wife, with the husband, it goes for the, uh, the, the family, with the elders of the church, it goes for your, your uh, employment, if you have a, a boss, that goes for your supervisor. You're supposed to do what you ask, right, to do, right, with a good attitude. Am I, am I correct? I'm trying to help us today. I'm trying to help us. I'm trying to help us. This is important. This is important. Because I believe, I, I didn't want to teach on this, because I told you I wanted to end the series today. And it is going to end today. But I was going to end it a little bit different. And this was the last part of my message. And the first part was, you know, really nice. And then I wanted to get rid of the last part. I so said I might not get to it. That's a rebellious attitude, isn't it? I put it last, and then, then you know how I talk, man. It is, I probably won't get to it. <laughs> and there's, there's more that can put it first. It'll be all out of source if I put that first. Then that's last first, and then that's it's not gonna fit. It's not gonna fit. I'm trying to help us. 
don't you think that God wants to be obeyed? Don't you know that he has, if all things are yours, that's what the scripture says, all things are yours. He says that we are joint heirs with Christ Jesus. Jesus owns everything. There's nothing Jesus doesn't own. Nothing. Nothing that was made that was made through him. And we are joint heirs of Christ Jesus. Don't you think the Holy Spirit wants to get to you what is yours? Don't you think your prayers that you are praying, God wants them answered if you're praying according to his will? Don't you think we have an enemy that will say, I can't do anything to prevent God from giving them what was theirs. I can't do anything but they can prevent themselves from getting it. You remember Balaam? He couldn't curse Israel, but he wanted the money. So, oh, here's a great idea. I'll get them to curse themselves. So he did. And Israel fell into sin. I don't want us to be doing things with unwholesome words, with uh, allowing disunity in our lives, in our families, in our job, in our church. I don't want any disobedience to God, to the word of God, to prevent you from getting what is yours, what you're praying for. I want your prayers answered. That's what I want. So now, it's up to us now to say, and this is not in my, one of my notes either. You got to watch what you pray for. Because I was praying, God, if something's not in my notes, bring it to me. The Holy Spirit bring to my attention those things he's, he said to me. Uh, bring it to my attention. Oh. But anyway, Psalm 139, let's end there. I didn't even get to the beginning of the message. It's not good. It's not good. In, in, in Psalm 139, it says something very important. I had five points that I wanted to get y'all to. And these five points, they were, they were good. They're on your papers. There's five points on that paper, boy. They're right there, boy. They're right there. Good points, boy. They're good points, man. Whew. Psalm 139, the last um, two verses. Psalm 139. These are some awesome words that, that I want you to pray. Search me, O God, and know my heart. You remember I said that the heart, out of, of the abundance of the heart, what does the mouth, mouth do? Speak. I want us to pray this prayer. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. And see if that be in a hurtful way, the King James might say, wicked way, in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Oh, what an awesome prayer. Do you think God would answer that prayer? Why do you think he would answer that prayer? That's his will. That's his word, isn't it? He would answer that prayer. Guaranteed. 
And if we will pray that prayer, I guarantee you he will search your heart. I guarantee you he'll do it. And I guarantee you he will reveal to you things in your heart that need to come out like remain rebellion. Sounds better if I said disobedience, doesn't it? Rebellion, which is as a sin of witchcraft, it will come out, and he'll say, deal with this. Deal with this. And he will help me deal with it, right? Because you remember in my second message, I taught you from uh, 2 Corinthians uh, 7, 1, and when it said in it that, um, that because of these promises, therefore, but therefore uh, uh, you have these promises, I want you to cleanse yourselves from all defilement of the flesh and the spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Cleanse yourselves. But I told you then, you can't cleanse yourself. It tells you to cleanse yourself, but you can't cleanse yourself. But he's telling you to cleanse yourself because we have to participate with the Holy Spirit. You remember I told you, you can ask for a job all you want to, but lay in that bed and see does a job come to you. You better get yourself out of that bed and apply for some job, right? And let God start moving, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sit there in that chair today and don't move and, and think you're going to get to work tomorrow and see what happens. We have to participate with the Holy Spirit. So that's why I'm saying you pray this prayer. Search me, oh God. Know my heart. Try me. And, and then once he, he point this thing out, then you say, oh God, I see it. I see my, my, my seeds of rebellion I've sown way back over Lincoln, way back over, oh God, oh God, I'm, I'm, I'm terrible. Help me, oh God. Help me get this mess out of me. Those seeds I sow, post them, some on them, do something to them. Don't rain on it. Don't let the sun shine on those seeds because they'll come up. I don't want them to come up. I don't want them to come up in my life. I don't want them to come in my children's life. God, help me. Because the same seeds I sow, don't you know that they will come up in my children's life? Do you realize that a rebellious spirit is, is like, a, it's like um, somebody coughing on you? And they got a serious, you know, infection, like pneumonia. And they just cough right in your face. You say, whoa, you know, come on. You don't want nobody coughing in your face, do you? Well, you don't want your children having no rebellious spirit because you have one. Or because you had one. And come on, some of us, when we were young, some, all of you, no, not the problem, not, not like us, like some of us in here. Uh, most of us had a rebellious spirit when we were younger. Most of us. Help me, Lord. Help me. Help me. Whew. My goodness gracious. Mm. Mm-hmm. This was not the message I wanted to teach. It was the last part that I won't gonna get to. Now I didn't get to the first part. So You must be born again if you're going to be able to submit to the Holy Spirit.
and to be born again. Thank you for listening to this message from Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.